You're listening to the Ecological Podcast, all about our positive partnerships with horses and other animals through work and play. Your hosts are Rebecca Bayliss from Little Green Stables and Kate Blackmore from Ecological Positive Partnerships. Hey. Hi! <laughs> We've had a funny week. We always have funny weeks. We I don't do. know whether funny's good or funny's not good. Depends. It's been a busy week again. Busy, yes. And I haven't really touched base with you, so we've kind of come together and just gone, bam, let's do this podcast, because we were supposed to do it earlier, and then it got changed, and we were supposed to do it yesterday, and I was working, and oh, so we've messed each other around. Yeah, it's been a hectic one, hasn't it? Yeah, but we're here, we're here now, and that's good, and I'm just going to say before we start, that last week, you, we were talking about the year that's gone, Mm -hmm. and how good it was in some ways and uh, how we're excited about this year and all the things we'd done last year and we had a shout out to our lovely Sarah from yes. She Dreams Equine but we also did a shout out to the sound to of Emma and Poppy yeah the sound, the of, sound of who's yes and um so they were really appreciative of our I know, I, I actually messaged her, so I saw her put on the story, said that she had an accidental mention, and I said, oh, you're on my mind, and um, yeah, so I've um, just been finding out about um, what Emma and Poppy do, and they they do loads of really cool stuff, they've got a winter clicker challenge that they did, okay. see on her page, uh, along with a couple of other people, um, and it's really, really cool, actually, so I thought, oh. I said to her, if you have another one going, let us know, and we'll let everybody know about yeah, it, cool. because it's really good. It's it's a way for everybody to get involved in something yeah. and you know I thought it was really cool so yeah so, so hi Emma and Poppy we're, we're carrying on that shout out yeah <laughs> exactly um, we're, today we're talking about something which is very important I mean we always talk about really important stuff obviously but yeah. um, today <laughs> is very important too um, and you've been doing your research yeah so um, this week this last week been having a lot of conversations with people about um, pain in horses and mm. signs of pain and chronic pain and all the different kinds of pain. Mm. And, and what's been really interesting and looking at behaviours that might signal that there's pain. Mm-hmm. Now, what is quite difficult, we're going to talk about the signs of pain and we're going to look at the more subtle signs and the behavioural signs. But what I will say to start out with, the first thing is you've got to base mark your horse because every horse is different. So, for example, we have a horse called Magic who lays down loads and we've had this with one other horse as well. Okay, so you learn all this, oh, they're supposed to lie for X amount of hours and, and then... It's not textbook. It's it? not textbook. Every horse is unique mm. and different. And yes, mm. if for Magic... We know that is his normal behaviour. So we know that it's okay. He's not lying down more than usual. Mm. Um, and he's been checked out by a vet and stuff. So we know it's just that he likes to lie down more. And we have had another horse that's exactly the same. And it could be to do with not, maybe not having enough. He'll come in a stable during the day. We specifically make sure he can have a lay down. Because it might be that he's... Because it's winter you know, maybe not getting enough room to be able to lay out in or Doesn't or want to lay on the mud. Or, Doesn't want yeah. to lay on the mud. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so you know, a lot of people have been concerned about him. So I, I was just, which is quite right. And I love the fact that they're picking up on this and I've got kids picking up on this. But at the same time, um, you may listen to some of this and think, God, my horse does that or does this. But no, you know your horse 
you know what they're like usually. You know what their behaviour is like, like out in the field or maybe you know if they are usually the first to get to their hay or their, their resource holding potential status. So maybe if they're hanging back and usually they'd be at the front, then mm. you know that's a slightly different mm. behaviour or maybe not getting along with their herd mates as well. Um, or um, how they're behaving with you, or how they're behaving in their... So it's changes, isn't stable. it? Stable, yeah, so it's changes to the norm. Yeah, really. so it's, it's working out that base mark where your horse is, and then if there's any changes. But saying that, if you've got a horse with chronic pain, yeah. it can be a little bit hard mm. to tell, but we'll mm. talk a bit more about that later. But, you know, so we have like the obvious signs, don't we? So obvious signs, so when you're colicking, you know, rolling and like kicking at the stomach, looking at the stomach, staring fixedly at the stomach, biting sometimes different just parts Actually of... maybe just being on three legs. Three legs, yeah. You'd be amazed how many people contact me and say, my horse is on three legs, can you come out and see it? And I'm like, actually, I think you might need a vet for that one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure I can I can quite happen that, with that one. Um, yeah, so, I mean, in the wild, horses hide their pain, obviously, because they're going to be the first that the predator goes for if they see, you know, a lame mm. horse or whatever. So they do, but I found in domestication, our horses don't necessarily hide it. And sometimes I've had horses that it's even more obvious than what it turns out to be. Well, you have pain threshold that's different, mm, don't yeah. you? And I think that's individual as well. So you have your your um, what's normal for your horse. Mm. I know we've talked about that before and from a physio point of view, and what changes. But you also have different pain thresholds. So my different pain, my pain threshold is going to be different to yours. And and what we have to be really careful here as well is that we don't um, band breeds. Yes. So, um, for example, the cob is seen as, you know, or they're a bit of a bull in the china shop kind of thing. Yeah. Those labels are not helpful because you can get a cob, well, Flan, bless him, he has an abscess. Here's what you would say is the biggest baby out there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Which is a really unfair mm-hmm. um, analysis of actually what he's showing you. Absolutely. Because he's, we don't know the level of pain he's in and what his pain threshold can mm-hmm. make. And then you'll have things like, oh, you know, the thoroughbreds, they're like little ballerinas. That's very, you'll, you'll have, the thoroughbred is a massive um, spectrum of exactly individual horses that fit into that breed description and their pain threshold you might have a thoroughbred that's pain threshold is very high thoroughbred that's pain threshold is very low so that's very individual as well well to be really important with exactly that. and then if you bring the whole polyvagal theory into it yeah you can have a horse that's really spooky but it's a result of pain yeah so sensory input from within the body so I read, was reading the other day, someone, and I don't know if this is a common term or not, but they call it noisy brain. So the sensory input and the messages come from the body is so much that they tend to be spookier as well. Okay. And, you know, it's quite right. You're saying about labelling. And also, you know, we have to be careful of, of labelling what our horse is showing us because often a horse in pain can be show um, hard-mouthed, pushy, um, stubborn, dangerous, head shy, spooky, cold back, aggressive, lazy, aggressive, all these things. Yeah. And actually, it's 
really dealing unfair, with stuff because they yeah. just can't tell us yeah. that you know yeah. it's what. So let's look at you know the obvious signs. So so we've talked about you know we've got roll kicking at the belly. Um, sometimes I will say you know I have horses. It's all in context, isn't it? So I have horses that will, if they're itchy, they will point to different parts of their area. But that's more kind of like a, you know, I, uh, I'd i like you to scratch here. We have that very much when we're working with physio, that there's several horses that I treat that will say, I need you over there. Yeah. Um, I need you to go there. And they will, you know, you meet them with a pressure and they push against that pressure, like, give me more, give me more, give me more. And they're really great to work with those horses because... Um, they're so communicative and generally they're the ones who um, have a really good relationship with their riders yeah. and the people that are care- caregivers for them too. What do you do if you have a horse that it doesn't like touch? It depends. It depends what, what you're there for. So um, if you're... And we have this a lot because we're working with horses that potentially could be sore mm. and sometimes we have to work through those areas mm. so that's where um you've got different techniques that you can use um so i'm lucky enough that i can use machines not all therapists are qualified to use machines so i can use laser and ultrasound so when so when you're using massage for example and massage is a fantastic um therapy and and it's the baseline of most of my work but obviously if you've got a horse that's sore or is doesn't want to be touched massage is quite difficult but then if you've got the machine that can come in and take away from that so it's doing the work but it's not it's doing it slightly differently too and it might do more or less depending on what your aim is but you can use machines over hands if if that's the way and then you'll have the same the other way around so you'll have a horse that can't cope with the machines because the ultrasound can can actually make a noise in, inside their head, so that and some horses can't cope with that. Or the ultrasound can look a little bit like a clipping, like you know, yeah. like clippers. And if you've got a horse that can't be clipped, then they might yeah. want the ultrasound near them. So that's where your hands come into play. So you've got all these different techniques that you can use. But we do there, and I always give them a carrot or an apple or something after treatment because they. They remember you. They know your yeah. face. And if you've had to work through some sore areas or have to do something that is particularly uncomfortable for them, in general, most horses will let you do that. Bless yeah. them. Um, and um, I always give them a treat afterwards. Do you know about a... No, I can't remember what the therapy's called. But it is a machine that they put on and it sends, like, electrical pulses. Yeah. So you can use that on... Um, so you get different, you can have different... So I've you get seen a, it done, Yeah, and it wasn't very nice. No, it's not very nice, and I don't have one. I no. am trained in them, but I, I don't use them. But for things like radial nerve damage, so if you've got a nerve that's affected the muscle and the muscle's not working because of that nerve, you can use electrostim, which is what you're talking about. Okay. It's a, it's, it, it electrostimulates the muscle through ele- electric... Yeah. waves basically yeah. um, and it puts the muscle into spasm yeah, yeah. that's what you mean and um, yeah so you put that on the belly of the muscle or you can put it on the origin and the insertion of the muscle and you stimulate that muscle so for radial nerve damage electrostim is, can be quite useful I personally have had stims on me through with my training I, I remember my tutor and I said let me have a go and it is is it's it like cramping holding up. a? Is it like either acupuncture or holding it's an not electric like fence? 
Yeah, the muscles cramp up. Yeah, the muscles. The muscles. Yeah, yeah, the muscles cramp up, and you can't. So, say they did it. They they did it for me on my uh, lower arm, and I, my hand started to shake and started to cramp, and I couldn't then open my arm, my hand. So my palms and my fingers curled up, and I couldn't open. But you can imagine if that's working on a on a muscle that's not firing. Yeah. yeah? Do you see what yeah. I mean? You could see how that works. Yeah. Um. But. It is, from my point of view, it is not ethical to use it from a fitness point of view. And some people will use it to make that muscle work harder from a fitness point uh, of view. Is that like the things you put on your abs? Similar. Yeah, you know, similar. They, yeah. But you can I've tried that before. Have you tried yeah. it? Did you like it? No, it was horrible. Yeah, so, yeah. But you you, you did that to yourself. Yeah, I know. And yeah. horse, But horses, you know, they don't get an option to say, hey, no. I don't want this electricity. No. So they do have their place. I'm not saying that they don't have their place. They do have their place. But personally, I don't use them. I don't have them. I can imagine um, it gets quite... If you've done it once... And then you're going back to do the horse again. The next time the horse sees you is going to be like... But yeah, also, this... this um, it's one of those things where it looks impressive because mm. you can see the muscle working. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? But so when I saw this horse, I it did not look impressive. I just wanted to save this horse because it yeah, was Yeah, but just you're coming from a completely path. different angle. If you've yeah. got a com- high competition horse and they want that butt looking a bit better, their glutes a bit... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they've got a therapist that comes in and says, put this on, we can do this and we can do it for so many minutes a day, blah, 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 and that butt's going to rise and da 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 You know, you can... Yeah. The buy-in, and yeah. it's, it's, it's not particularly very nice. And it, it, it's a shortcut as well. From that perspective, not from a nerve damage perspective. From a nerve damage perspective, it's it's it, it's a rehab tool. Yeah. But from a fitness perspective, it's a it's a it's unethical and gimmicky and um it yeah not it's not our way no, at all. No. Yes. It's a little bit of a tangent there. There we go. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> so let's look at other signs of pain. Yeah. So obviously we also have like an abnormal gait, lameness. Yes. Um, unusual posture, yeah. Or shifting weight, obviously yeah. shows could show a bit of laminitis and stuff. Um, muscle tremors, which yes. you see a lot. So, so can you just just talk over? Because I've seen you do this many, many a time when you run up and the and the muscle tremors. What exactly is that that's happening? Is that a tight muscle? Or it can is that be a, a mixture. So it, so I when we do our back checks, yes, yeah. So you have reflexes that you will you will. Um, assess the horse with and this is another thing to take note when you are having any body worker a body worker and a vet can make a horse look sorer than they are so that's that, interesting because i believe that has happened to me with a vet oh i know it's happened to clients of mine i mean i've had a, a client's horse fail a vetting because the vet ran its car key down its back now you tell me if i remember if that happened to, that, think, yeah that's we? just for me, again, it's another unethical. Well, hurt anyone? <laughs> of course, like, oh my of course. But we do do reflexes where we're looking for um, areas of the body to come back quicker than others, and that gives us signals. So the slower the that part of the body is to come back, then um, that will give us a sign that maybe that's a weaker area. Um, you will have you will. I run my fingers down either side of the spine. Um, I don't dig my nail in, depending on... But you have to... Again, if, it depends. If you've got a horse that gives you nothing, 
that's not great either. No. So you want a bit of feel there. Because that's but, switched off. Yeah, yeah, so you need a bit... So it, it's about working out, again, the sensitivity of that horse. Because, like, we were talking about everybody's individual. So if I go to a massage therapist, and they say to me, how would you like your... Do you want medium, hard, or soft? Mm. Um, I'm medium, you know? But, like, my husband would be, go, go in hard, you know? So it's different pressure. I'm surprised and, uh, you didn't. I wouldn't have said that smirking. would have been your massage no. technique. <laughs> From knowing you. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so you can, so often, people can make horses look sweet. <laughs> is it often that, do you find it's quite common that horses block pain? Yeah, they can They do. block off those areas, don't yeah, they? they? They can just block kind off pain. Of... And also you've got to be careful because depending on the job they're doing, and I think we've talked about this before, how much do you unravel that pain? So there's a certain amount of that pain holding you to holding you together. Which I know yeah, from absolutely. a personal experience. So when you're working with the muscles and you're working with the fascia too, and we've talked about fascia, and over on our Patreon we're doing a big fascia series, so fascia is the cobweb of the body and that will hold trauma and that will hold tension. And so to releasing that fascia, you're unravelling. And that's great and fantastic. But sometimes that body needs to hold to be able to perform the way that you want it to perform. But so how be could you... Yeah, exactly. I mean, how do you possibly gauge that? Because, you know, we know that I had some fascia work done last year mm. and it unravelled me. Yeah. But I was able to say... I can't do this anymore yeah. because it is ruining me. My body's just <clears throat> is coping. Yeah. But how could you possibly know that? Well, we don't, horse? and that's the thing. I mean, that's where you'll get things like roached, where they look tucked, you yeah. know, um, tail clamping, stuff like that. So that would be, a, to me, I mean, the tail can tell you so much anyway. So there's an over-swishy tail, uh, aggravated tail. And I think people know what I mean when I say mm. aggravated tail. Or you can get a tail that doesn't move. You can get a tail that's held to one side. Well, we have we, that with Charlie. He yeah. always holds it to one yeah. side. Yeah, you can have a tail that's tucked under. You know, all those things, all information. The tail can give us so much information about how the body's feeling. Um, and you can do tail assessments, you know, circle your tail one way slowly, yes. circle your tail the other way, you know, anti-clockwise and clockwise, and feel how the movement feels. Yeah. Does it feel even? Probably doesn't. That doesn't mean to say that there's something awful going on. It's just information. And that's what you're gathering. And then yeah. you're looking at the, the whole picture. So it's, these are just pieces of the jigsaw puzzle, really. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the tail can tell you so much. But if they've got tight fascia and they're sore, generally, I, I find that their posture becomes more roached and tucked. Okay. Rather than long and fluid. Do you see mm, what I mean? Yes, and I've got a horse that's just in my head coming up and I'm thinking, mm, maybe that might be a fascia thing, but we can talk about that later. Yeah, another time. Um, okay, fantastic. So, hello. Squawky's whistling. Hi, I know, Squawk. Bless. So we was quiet last week. <laughs> At least he's not screaming. <laughs> okay, another sign is abnormal sweating as well. Yeah, can... and sweating in different areas. Mm. Yeah, so um, obviously there's a difference between a horse that's sweating after exercise and mm. a horse that's sweating because mm. of pain. I mean, I've seen it before where um, the sweat has been based around the belly when a horse has been in pain at conquest. Mm. Um, but it's, it's very difficult sometimes to tell because the weather nowadays, 
a lot of our horses, because they are slightly overweight and a bit bigger, mm. you know, in the winter they will sweat because we go through these really mild times and stuff. Mm. So it is kind of difficult to tell from sweating, I find, mm. personally. I, I have um, a client whose horse sweats on an area in the neck. Mm. And that's from a um, rotational fall that happened several years ago. Wow. Yeah. So that's trauma. And, and it's in that area. It's in that area. Yeah. What, so why would that sweat? How I suppose it's the I suppose it's the body dealing with the pain of the and the fascia and, the, and everything and the healing and the heat that's but it, coming. But it, but it does it, it. It will. It's not all the time, but um, if exercise and stuff, you'll find that that area is sweaty. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so also, there's other signs. So. And when you're grooming an abnormal reaction, you know, we mm. have talked about this many a times, that ideally, when you are grooming your horse, your horse shouldn't be moving around all over the place. That is information. Yeah. That's telling us that maybe, you know, that's a little bit too hard in that area. Maybe that's not quite the right brush, but they're always communicating to us how they feel. So... Yes, absolutely. If they have an abnormal reaction to grooming, um, that can also indicate pain. And the same with the saddle or the bit or the bridle. You know, the bridle can often be a lot to do with the pole, can't it? Yeah. Like, get a lot of head shaking and stuff trying to put on the bridle. Teeth. Obviously, teeth, yeah, as well. Um, changes in feeding behaviour. Um, grinding the teeth. Or excessive drooling mm. as well is mm. another one. Uh, weight loss, obviously. And then... Um, or weight gain, maybe. Or weight gain, if yeah. It's, if, it's ex- if it happens quickly. Or bloated. Yes, yeah. Because that's often ulcers and stuff. We see a lot of that. Um, you know, and so staring at parts of their body region as well, which is, which is um, another way. So, you know, there's loads of ways that we can work with this pain. But we also have um, this... The, the kind of facial expression as well, which can tell us a lot. Now, I often teach facial expressions with a pinch of salt because it's, you know, it's easy to go, well, if the ears are back, the horse is not happy, da, da, da. And, you know, we, as with all these things, we need to put them in context. And um, there are a few obvious signs on the face that there's pain the eyes for sure, so you can see tension in the eye, usually um, usually kind of over the eye and underneath, you can just see that it's more, um, it's like angled, the upper eyelid, it's almost like, can turn into a triangle almost. Go and have a look at some competition horses, you yeah. see a lot of that yeah. in the eye. Yeah. And almost, it's, you can almost see the pain in the eye, can't you? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's quite... And this is more also indicative of that chronic pain, mm. that low-level pain that's going on all the time is the eye. And, you know, if you Google this, you'll see there's lots of grimace scales and stuff that you can look at. And there's also one for donkeys as well that has been, has been done. There's actually, I think the... No, I'm not going to say it because I don't actually know the fact and it will probably be wrong. But there, <laughs> there's, um, there's... No, I'm not, I'm not even going to go there. So nostrils as well. Mm. So if they're um, dilated in a side direction um, and not kind of that elongated, relaxed state, that is also, um, you know, another sign that there could be pain. And the mouth as well. If the mouth is tight... 
um, and the muzzle, and there's tension there mm-hmm. as well. And also the face, like the muscles around the face, the jaw, um, they become like more marked and stressed. You know what it's like when we're like gritting mm. our teeth and... I always think I've got quite a good jawline when I grip my... My jawline looks better when I grip my teeth. But anyway... <laughs> but, yeah, so there's all these these kind of other things that, that we should be looking at as well. Just checking, you know, in every day, checking that our horse is okay and is there anything that looks And I think different. if your horse is ridden and their head carriage is quite high and they do clamp their jaw, then there are things you can do to help release the jaw and there's lots of stuff you can do with massage around the face and the pole so there's to a help release TMJ thing, there is a TMJ release which yeah. I want to know if they can do that on humans do we have a well, you, yeah you have a TMJ it's a temporal yeah. mandibular joint so it's where your your, your, your jaw joins your yeah, head basically yeah. Um, so yeah the TMJ there's several ways of releasing it so there was um, and I was taught this years ago to pull the tongue, which you're not to do now. So I have seen people do that. And, and it's seen... really, really bad. It's, it can, you can break the hyoid, which is a, a, a set of bones that are Because I was taught there. that when I... Well, shouldn't as a, So they, they taught me... Um, well, obviously not officially. I'm not going to tell you by okay. now on the air. <laughs> <laughs> but you do know this. Um, but as a so therapist... I mean, is not, as a... not a therapist, No. Uh, but as because people pick up these little things oh, from therapists and, and then it, they do it. So yeah. like for example, the the head over the shoulder when we're like mm-hmm. trying to to stretch out, yeah, yeah. you know, that area. I was also shown. I've done it before. I have stretched the tongue yeah. a long, long time ago. I don't well, you, do it you, you, I say pull the tongue. You're supposed to hold the tongue, yeah. and then the, the the horse does the does the release. Yeah. However, what happens is you end up pulling the tongue, not you know because you because the horse wants the tongue back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it yeah, becomes yeah, yeah. very, Fight. very dangerous because yeah. you can you can damage the mouth, you can damage the hyoid. And I was taught it, and it was quite an in thing to do. Of course, again, it's quite impressive. So if you go to a client and you you know it's they see of, that release. Yeah, a bit like what we were talking about, the stim, you know, yeah. it's kind of like it's a bit of a gimmicky thing. Yeah. Actually, it's not helpful, it's not good, and it's not ethical either. Um, so I actually did a video and put it up on YouTube. Um, of me doing it with my own horses I've taken it down since because it's not something I do anymore but this is where we learn and we grow isn't it because back then that's what you did and now there's a better way and there's a much safer way Um, obviously I can't I wouldn't tell you how to do it because you have to be trained to do it and that's important I do show some clients how to do it Mm. Um, I've got a client who um, her horse he's they have a good relationship he's a lovely horse there's no no behavioral issues there but he when he puts his um, bit in um, he, he does a lot of gurning mm. so um, it's he obviously he's fine once he gets going but that initial thing he does a bit of gurning so we she now has brought in the TMJ release which is reducing that okay. um, yeah so so it's that's helping but um, it's not something I can talk about on air because I can't show you but, no no um, no exactly but also and it's not something I would recommend people do it's not something you would do every day it's something you would the therapist would do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, pulling the tongue is not good. No, well, it doesn't even sound good, does it? Really, when you, we say it like, oh, you pull the tongue. <laughs> like, it just sounds a little bit harsh, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and so also, you know, there's... you. Know, but can I just, sorry, to interrupt. Yeah. The tongue can show pain because you can have a tongue that hangs out one side. 
Yes. That so you've got that too. Now that's quite obvious. Yeah. That there's something going on, but you can have that's very distressing when you see I've seen horses. Yeah, they have a tongue like hanging out one side or yeah. they're constantly licking or yeah. doing something. Now it's interesting, I've got a little bulldog on my books whose tongue hangs out because the tongue is so long, it's too big for the dog's head. Oh. And the owner was trying to push the tongue back in because oh. it looks a bit unsightly because yeah. it is quite a big tongue and it's like probably like three inches hanging out. Wow. Yeah. And it gets really dry, so she has to sort of spray it <laughs> to keep it. <laughs> oh, like, I know. Sorry, mate, that just vision in and, my head um, is like. And bless her, she said to me, oh, I keep pushing the tongue in, I keep pushing the tongue in, what can I do to keep that tongue in? And I went, well, the tongue's hanging out for a reason, because have you seen the size of your dog's head yeah. and the size of the tongue? You know, we've messed about yeah, with the genetics just, of that dog. Yeah. And poor BB, she's called, you know, um, yeah, so... We just forget that because her tongue hangs out and that's the way it is. And we keep it moist by spraying it, but we don't shove it back in her mouth because there's a reason. Oh. I don't know whether... I've never seen a horse with a, with a tongue that that's hangs out big, because no. it's too big for its mouth. No, I haven't, but, but I have definitely seen it. will probably happen with the miniatures at some point, I'm sure. So when the, the tongue's hanging out to the side, yeah. what's that usually well, It can be anything. It can be anything. You but can, it doesn't necessarily have to be to do the tongue. Can no, it, be a, it could a be kissing spines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It could be anything. It could be head shaking. It could be allergy. It could be kissing spines. It could be tack. It could be dental. It could be, you know, it could, you, it could be a tumour. It could be, I don't know. Yeah, it could be anything. You, yeah. you know, it, 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 it can be something basic or it could be something really massive, you know? Yeah. So I think, I think, um, yeah, that would, but it, it, it's certainly a, and not not an okay but you know what's what's quite sad is that those pictures and i'm gonna have my i'm gonna have a rant now are you ready um so i have been looking at tiktok recently because all the kids are into tiktok and yeah you know with equal scholars tiktok you know that's our next thing i mean if anybody listening to this podcast is into their TikToks and is any good at it <laughs> and they want to help me, please get in touch because honestly, I have no idea and I it, it, just don't understand how to do it. But what is really, really sad is the stuff I'm seeing on there with horses. I think with all animals. Oh my God, it's awful. So you'll have a horse like that, it's tongue out and it'll be like, oh, silly so-and-so with his tongue out and it's like, oh, I, I have to stop myself from messaging those people yes, to say, do. look... There is an issue here. <laughs> like, you know, it, it happens on Facebook as well, on all social media. I see yeah. something and they're like, it's so cute. This is, you know, um, for example, I put a post up about cribbing um, because a lot of kids will laugh at that and be like, oh, look, he's like doing it. And, mm. you know, there's a very dark side to it. And mm. it's really important that they understand mm. this. And I don't think there's enough education out there for kids that um, show us that these are not just cute things. These are actually serious <clears throat> Yeah, I think, I think the world has got a long way to go with all of this. But I mean, TikTok, I think, has a responsibility. Well, TikTok, to... Facebook, Instagram, they all do. Yeah. They all have a responsibility. But, you know, <clears throat> watch a film. You watch a funny film. Especially, I love American shit films. Yeah, yeah, love yeah. them. 21 Jump Street, yeah. The Wrong Missy, <laughs> bloody love it. It's so, oh, I love them. I much prefer them to British comedies. British yeah. comedy I find too snooty, pretentious, and we think we're funny when we're not. But I love a good old 
Will yeah. Farrell film. You know, I love it, love yeah. it. But what I hate about them love is films. they chuck a cat, cat out of the window or yeah. they tie a dog to the back of the car yeah. and forget about it. And that's really seriously not funny. Mm-hmm. But guess what? The majority of people still find that crap funny. Yeah. Yeah. And we're a long way off changing that, Kate. Yeah, I, it's and, so, but it's <clears> so bad because there is... It, it's a responsibility. It's, it's horrible. Also, it, it's a it's a it's a cruelty, and it's not funny. And it you know. But then, how far do you go? So I don't. I've got clients that think, dress their dogs up, and I don't like that. No, you but know? I think so, with specifically the <clears throat> equine world, who's taking responsibility for teaching people the other way for educating kids on that are learning about horses, who's taking responsibility for like, yes, this is great, this is how you do the fun stuff, but this is also the other really important stuff you need to mm. know. I think that it's not looked at as much, and I think that it's a really important It is, it is. Thing. And I think you need to put it in there, but I think you've got to be careful that you're not a fun sponge, because obviously the people that are enjoying this find it funny. So it's about educating them the right way I know rather than going it's hard isn't it yeah rather yeah. than saying do you know what throwing a cat out the window in a film is not funny and it's not okay yeah and then people just go oh she's oh, oh yeah I know but it's not real yeah but you know there's some dickhead that will probably go and do it do you yeah. know what I mean and yeah, I think yeah. I think there's that kind of thing so I think but then we people have to... just stop listening to you because <clears throat> yes. if you went out like that then people would be like okay I don't want to listen to I don't own. know what the answer stop. is but the answer isn't writing in and saying education in a fun way yeah. ignoring that other yeah. stuff yeah i think is and promoting the the health and the rights and the of yeah that, of that animal, yeah actually is what it's all about but we, you get it you get it everywhere my, my mum bless her and she would say to you oh i love animals animals are great i mean she'll come up to me with a picture of a dog dressed up in a bow tie and a little suit on and he's playing snooker or something and i'm yeah. like the dog's face doesn't look that happy, Mum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's really exactly. cute. It's, yeah. not, it's not actually that cute, is it, really? When we really look at the dog. But, you know, if I went online and did that, I'd be beast. I can say it to my mum, obviously. But, yeah. um, you, you know, it's, it's hard. But there yeah. is a lot of... Um, I've, there's this, fo- this post that goes around all the time, and it's this dog, and it's showing all its teeth, and its mm. ears are back, and mm. it's like a little little white chihuahua or something. And it, and it looks like it's really funny but it's like that I see that as a fear that's mm. a fear submissive mm. response that's yeah. really scary I saw, we've I got saw. it completely the yeah because of our education we've got it the wrong way around and and I do believe I mean I know I say this but I do believe you know teaching kids at a younger age to be more aware of this stuff and with all animals is a responsibility mm. that we have oh definitely and I think that it's on the equine side, it's largely ignored when you go in to do any kind of... Um, you go in as a kid and you do your mm. your stages or whatever. It's very rare that you would actually discuss in depth, you know, yeah. things uh, like yeah. this. And, and it's, I mean, it is changing. There is definitely a movement Absolutely, of people yeah. that are like us and that feel like us and listeners to our podcasts and stuff and you know our followers on online and our patreons and stuff we all feel the same but i think we have to keep pioneering our way yeah and just kind of going you know what we're getting there we're getting there we're chip just keep swimming keep swimming you know we're chipping away we're chipping away i don't know i had an experience um the other week which was really a i've had a couple of really beautiful experiences with um with observing some of the kids and what they've been doing over the last couple of weeks as they've been learning more about behaviour. 
and um, one was one was training with an with another one of my colleagues, but she sent the video, and she wanted to do um, a lay down behavior. Mm. Yeah, I remember. Oh yeah, do you remember? And then it. you know, after laying out the thing, she then went. Actually, don't no, I don't think do that's because I don't think Annie really wants to. You know, she's a bit arthritic or whatever. Mm. And I just thought that was fantastic. <coughs> and then I also had, you know, another kid that said to a volunteer, you know, actually went up, who's like pulling on this horse and said, "Can I show you a different way? That's not actually how we. Brilliant. That's not actually how we do yeah. it. I, I know a slightly better way." And I was just like, "Oh, yeah. so proud! Yeah, really proud of these kids going out and saying this and like and you know and this is what we want to create, isn't it? This movement. But anyway, to go back to pain because we're yeah, let's go back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so also, you know, the behaviours is you, reluctance can be. Mm. Um, a sign. So, for example, Freddie, um, mm-hmm. he often refused to go down to the arena. He would get to the top of the slope down to the arena and he'll just stop. And I kind of thought it was behavioural. But I noticed that when we were doing training in the arena, I was still getting the same thing. And mm. I know that he loves the training and is really motivated to go and mm. do it. And actually what it turned out to be is the slope. Mm. He had some arthritis. And it was just uncomfortable mm. for him to be mm. walking down that well, slope. Down and that was again. Clive who actually <clears throat> um, made me think more about that. Yeah. So now we do this snaking. Yeah. <laughs> down so the take, slope. The, take the gradient out of the yeah, slope. Yeah, yeah. And, and then we get around and, it. And Freddie's getting quite old and he's done mm. quite he's a lot to in, his, in his life. Yeah. yeah. And going downhill, that's one thing I notice. I, I ask all my clients is, what your, what's your horse going like downhill? And they will say... Either they're great or actually they're fine uphill, but they're really bad downhill. And I was like, right, firstly, if you can get off, get off. Yeah. And if you're not riding them, just take the gradient out. If you have to go down those hills, take the gradient out. Because they, yeah. have, they won't, when they get older, the cartilage doesn't reload. So your cartilage wears. Yeah. And it's just pain. You know, with your yeah, knee, I, I know with his my pain. knee, going uphill, I'm okay. Yeah. But coming downhill, I can feel it pulling and snagging, yeah. you yeah. know? It's yeah. not, it's not great. No, it isn't. So there's lots of, you know, sometimes it can be different. It can be difficult to understand if it is pain or mm. behaviour. Um, but, but they are quite often linked. Yeah, so exactly, exactly. That. Not always. Not yeah. always, but sometimes. So obviously when you see, so for example, if you have a horse that is not wanting to have its bridle put on, his head tossing or something, you know, your first port of call really is to get that checked out. Mm. Because you can only really know if it's a behavioural thing after having I saw a horse checked. last week and it was really tight in its jaw and it's in for sales so it's in with this person to sell and I said um, when was the dental check done and he went oh three years ago <gasps> I said well that's a priority that's, yeah. you can't sell that horse until that those teeth have been done I mean that's you know that is just mine get done every six months but mm. and I'm a bit on it but you know Three years ago? Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not good at all. So, what have we learned today? <laughs> that there's a lot of things that can go wrong with a horse. <laughs> there's a lot of things it's that so go wrong with, with animals and including us in that in that um also I wanna say about days. What I find, what I do regularly, not so much with my horsey clients, but certainly with my canine clients, is we do a we do a good day, bad day. So <clears throat> we do we do a diary. So I think this could be really helpful if you're worried about 
your horse's well-being, worried about pain, whether they're in chronic pain or acute pain. Um, and obviously acute pain is quite easy to see mm. and deal with. But if you're worried about chronic pain, then maybe have a look at doing a good day, bad day diary. And you can make notes on behaviours that you see that you're not quite sure about. You can make notes on expressions that you're not quite sure. So the tail, like we talked about, tucked, are they tucked, are they not tucked? But note the things like, so for today, for example, it's a cold day. Yeah. Thank the Lord, it's cold and dry yeah. because it's just been wet and yeah. and bloody miserable. But now it's cold and dry. So that horse might be a little bit more tucked yeah. because it's cold and dry, yeah. you know? Um, if it was warm and sunny, it might not be so yeah. tucked up. Do you see what I mean? So you build up a so picture. So build up a of... picture. So you've got that good day, bad day journal. So And it might just be a smiley face if you haven't got time to write stuff down. That's what I say to my clients. But it could be things like ate all, ate all their food, you know, tick yeah. box, that's okay. Wanted to come in for grooming, was fine with grooming. Next day, wasn't fine with grooming, didn't finish food. You know, those kinds of mm. things. Hung out at the back of the herd, normally is number three in. Mm. Those, you know, all that, it's all information and you're gathering data and you're collecting that data and then you can, if you're worried about chronic pain but you think there's no point going to the vet or there's no point going to so-and-so because that, they'll want because they'll want something. They'll want information. information. Yeah. So you build that information. You build that um, diary over a week, two weeks, a month, depending on how long you want to, to build that picture for. And then you can go back and you can, you can, you can basically, that's your data and that's your information. Mm. So I know when it's been really wet and windy and we've had howling gales and it's been stormy, Rum hasn't slept enough. Mm -hmm. And he loves to sleep. A bit like magic. He spends mm -hmm. a lot of time asleep mm. and lying down. So, and I know that because out of all of the herd, he, he, he's the one that you will see mm. sleeping the and most. And that sleep is so vital as well. <clears throat> yeah, as we absolutely. Know. So I know well, that REM sleep, he sure. might be a different run that day mm -hmm. to what he would be if it's a day like today where I know he's going to be laying flat out. Exactly. And, you know, bit, maybe a bit lacklustre in training as well mm. or not wanting to mm. participate. There's so many variables. There are there? so many variables. And I think the spooking is a really, also a really good mm -hmm. um, indicator of, gosh, he was really spooky today, but he wasn't spooky yesterday. Yeah. You know, and he might not be spooky tomorrow. But, but that could be... Well, because that's often misinterpreted. So what's yeah. that is when they go, all oh, right, well, he's spooky. Well, he's being silly because he was fine yesterday, yeah. you know, and let's yeah. just push him on. And then if that horse is in pain, it makes it really... And, yeah. you know, and then you've got the behavioural stuff that will come on top of that because if you push them through it, mm. that horse is not going to want to go the next time. It's mm. going to feel associate it with pain you know you, yeah. you've always had a lovely hack out here and suddenly you can't hack out there anymore no. because yours doesn't want to but that's because you haven't listened at the and time I don't want and to. they don't just want to do something for nothing they're not going to expel their energy on doing something for no reason there's no. always a reason for that behavior mm. like usually when I say behavior it's like how is that helping that horse to survive that's mm. what we usually ask and that's, you know, if you're out on a hack and a horse is in pain and it stops and it doesn't want to go or is showing some behaviour, that's because it knows that it needs to stop to help it survive, you know, because it knows it's in pain. Yeah, definitely. And I don't want to anthropomorphise. Anthropomorphise. Well, I don't want to do that. Today. No, don't do that. I don't do want to do that. But I would say 
and this makes me sound like I've got a personality disorder now. <laughs> but um, I'm a different Becky every day. I'm still me, but do you know what I mean? Some days I bounce out of bed like a, you know, Duracell bunny, and another time I'm crawling out of bed because I'm knackered. Or You know, yeah. do you see what I mean? Sometimes I've had enough sleep, sometimes I've not enough, too mm-hmm. much, you know. I'm and hungry. Also, you know, all of those kinds of things. It and just, our cycle. Our well, cycle. Yeah. And that's same for mares. You know, effect. and I saw a dog yesterday, and, and um, she'd come into season a couple of days before, and um, she was uncomfortable. And it's it's like, oh, I don't... I, me kind of should have told me yeah. I wouldn't have done treatment today because yeah. she's uncomfortable yeah. and it's not you know I, I don't really want a treatment when I'm on my period I don't like leave me on no yeah you know? exactly yeah, you know, when you're in season I think it's kind of the same thing not always but you know often mm. we need to be really respectful of that for our mares and our and, and our female dogs so I I think that's really well like any female animal really but um, that goes through that cycle but yeah it is it is it, it's really important to look at the subtle signs of pain as yeah. much and obviously we have done a podcast on don't train in pain and mm-hmm. um, so therefore if you are concerned about that chronic pain then having that good day bad day diary yeah is a really good idea because you can then Indeed. map it Absolutely. i think a month is a really good um a, a good length of time if yeah. you're not concerned I think as in overly concerned yeah obviously if you are concerned call the vet straight yeah, away that, we yeah, that. uh, yeah. but if you're not overly concerned you just want to monitor it and have a look you're more interested you know mm. and, and, and think maybe there could be maybe not um, and sometimes as uh, as well we, we can bury our head in the sand about things because mm-hmm. we don't want to see those things but when you start to just write down the little bits of information, then you can build up that bigger picture. So I'm going to start doing this. I'm hey. going to get the students to start to doing this. To do a good day, bad day. what a good idea. Yeah. Well, it can go down to as much as picking the feet up. You know, so did Annie pick her feet up easily? Now, if Annie's got an issue picking her feet up, that's different. Mm. As in, if you're working on that with training. But mm. if she's normally really good, then picking your feet up. You know, picking your feet up was it easy on all fours. Was there yeah. one that was a bit trickier? Yeah. Did she do it the third time? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. It's, you know, those all those little bits, it's all, it's all information. Just get, lets you know your horse that much better, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. And, and, and you can then adapt because you're, that information that that horse is giving you, you can then adapt what you're going to do. So yeah. if, you've, if you think, like we always, pl- even though we try to go, oh, you know, we're on this little journey, but we always have plans and goals, let's yeah. face it, it's, yeah. it's reality. But for example, if I think, oh, we're going to get Archie out and we're going to go for a two and a half hour hack, you know, that's what I would like to do today, sun shining, let's go, feel good. And I get Archie out and he's a little bit tucked and he, he just is a little bit reluctant. Well, I'm not going to go for a two and a half hour hack. Mm. I might actually take him for an in-hand walk, mm-hmm. see how he is when we get back, you yeah. know, or see how he is on the walk. Yeah. See if that livens him up. And, and that's see if it difficult, though. That is difficult. I do, um, you know, it's not, it's not easy to be <laughs> aware. Ignorance is bliss, you know. It is... Well, that is the thing. It's taking away our... It's taking away our um, agenda, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. And that's hard. It's hard. I was talking to... I don't, I don't want to keep going on about my parents in every podcast, but they are like the <laughs> loves of my life. But me and Brian were talking about it the other night, about the parrots. And Scork, obviously, as people know, listeners know, that we don't, we can't handle him. And Pito 
she's everywhere. She's she'd come on you, she'd groom your hair, she's like, come on, I want to fly to you, I'll fly mm. to you, and she's everybody's mate and everything. And if we just had Squawk, it would be, I think it would be quite tricky because I can't do the things I do yes. with Peto, with yeah. Squawk. But because I've got Peto, it takes the pressure off Squawk. So Squawk, it, you know, I can, I can I enjoy it. Squawk more. I can celebrate Squawk more for being Squawk because Peto is the one who fulfills that other need absolutely and it, that is hard when you've just got the one horse and, and you can't yeah do and you can't do that and i get that and especially if your horse is in livery and that's also really tough yes because, because your you're horse going there to do to everything do, yeah yeah absolutely and be good at everything and you also have got the judgment of everybody else but but maybe that is you know and that's a bigger thing isn't it because that is the mindset when it comes to horses well client and this what week. they're here to do lovely daisy with solo do you remember yeah. lovely yeah, daisy yeah. with solo yeah. so she was at a competition and solo just stopped i think it was a competition or it might have been a rally or something anyway it was a, it was a it was an event and and solo just stopped in between the jumps just stopped and wouldn't move and the only way she could get them to move is if she got off him i mean she would never whip him or mm. you know anything she's not that type of owner and um so she got off him and she, she took him out of the arena and a couple of people said, you need to get control of your horse. Of course they he did. Needs, of course they he needs a good, love those people. He needs a good boot. Yeah. I, wouldn't take that for, I wouldn't take that from my horse. My horse wouldn't dare do that to me. Mm. Do you know what it was? His saddle. He's changed shape and his saddle didn't fit. Yeah. And she, is, she was... So I went out. Well the done. saddle fitter Don't went well. out. And um, we've sorted it. He's back. He's fine. He's, she's got two saddles, which is interesting. So the other one w- fits, yeah. but the one that she was using didn't because he's changed shape. Yeah. And um, she was like, I felt so awful. He was just communicating with me and I felt so awful. She didn't do any of those things that those people had said. But the pressure of what those people said, she didn't turn around and say, I know my horse and he's communicating with me. She just sort of hung her head down, walked out of the arena and went home and thought... Oh bloody and hell! This is you know? the problem, isn't it? It's that's the problem. It's that judgment. It's that all all that stuff that's all too common in the horsey world. Yeah, but she's listened, and now he's fine. He's got he's off out competing tomorrow, and he'll be great. Yeah, and it's because the problem is fixed. Yeah, but she listened, and all and bless him. Like I said to her, she she said I I I racked my brain. Like was it because he didn't want to jump? What was it? You know, I racked my brain for what it was, and I feel bad because I think I didn't listen sooner and I said you know what's lovely is solo just stopped he didn't buck he didn't rear he just said to you I can communicate this way mm-hmm. you know and you listen to that yeah. how so many people like the spectators would have pushed and pushed and pushed to the point where that solo would have reared or bucked or yeah. done something you know dropped them off dropped a shoulder or something you know and I think I go to clients where they'll say oh he's bucking me off he's bucking me off and they might say to me oh yeah six months ago he was stopping planting all the time and I took no notice well that's where it it started way before that you know yes and it is these like and that's the importance of you know what you're saying about knowing your horse and having this good day bad day is is picking up on those signs when they happen um, can prevent, you know, injury further down the line. Mm, definitely. And, uh, you know, it is 
we are very much in a way that we view horses, uh, you know, predominantly people view horses as what can I get out of them? How can they make me look? Blah, 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 what yeah. they can do, which we don't necessarily do with a lot of other animals. So there's this pressure on them. So if we could kind of try and change that mindset of, wow. of actually there's so much more, there's so much more mm. to horses and horse riding than just controlling, dominating, not listening and pushing them through stuff. There's there's like, there's a whole other world of stuff. And actually yeah. if you start listening and working in partnership with them, like really that's the true art rather than anyone can control and you know, I can put hard attack and I can put spurs on yeah. and I can do, but actually working, you know, at liberty or working in partnership, I think that that's where the true art. I agree. And I think we, me and Stuart, my vet who came out to do the um, dental um, work this week, we were chatting about it. And I think what's so hard for the horse is they don't really have a category. And I know we should... Yes, you know, they, you're they, right. You know, dogs uh, and cats are considered pets. Yep. Then you've got farm animals. Yep. Where they, the, the thing is, the, the horse is not into either both. Yeah, they do. They're not. They haven't got. They're not. They haven't got their own kind of, and it, and that that then is really hard because, and I know a lot of people don't like the word pets, do they? That that's become derogatory, and um, and my animals are. They're my family. They're my tribe. They're you know mm. bless them. Whether they you know like you can't choose your family, but I've yeah, chosen yeah. them sort of yeah. thing. But but. I don't consider my horses to be Workers. different to yeah. my dog. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah, exactly, and, or different to my parrots. And I think that that's that's the that's the problem that we face as people that are changing the mindset of the equestrian world. Is that where do we need to build this category? Yeah, for the horse. Yeah, because they're not farm animals and they're not pets. A lot of the time. Yeah. Not always, but they're not pets a lot of the time. And actually, we've talked about this before. There's five freedoms that the farm animals, yeah. people, you know, farmers have to work towards. I'm not saying that they always achieve, the but they have to work rec- towards. Yeah, the yeah, recommendations yeah. are the baseline welfare issues for those animals. Do those exist for the, for the horses? But no. they do. Well, they are supposed to apply to horses. But they don't. We know they don't. Exactly. Because we talk about that a lot And openly, of it. they don't exist. Yeah. You know, in well, general, even the first one, exist. if you have a stabled horse, that's going past the, you know, um, the Bramble's Five Freedoms. One is the, the ability to na- act out natural behaviours. And I mean, horses, most horses, as we know, cannot do that. So it's, it's we, need, we need an updated version of Bramble's, another Bramble's committee, there you go. You Update and legally binding. It can be equus scholars. But in France, did freedoms. you see that? In France, yeah, now changing, you have to they? have a qualification <clears throat> to mm. own a horse. I was, wow, yeah. That's good. You have to have a certain level of knowledge, which I think is so important with a horse. Because because for all animals. The fact that anyone can get... I tell you what, through my years of being around here, I some being people... Being around here. Being around here, <laughs> being around horses... Some people oh, have just no. grabbed horses and you're just like, what the fuck? I know. Like, no, I don't want to do it. It's awful. I don't, I th- it's not regulated. It's like birds of prey. It's like everything. Not regulated at all. You can have a bird of prey. I remember we picked up a buzzard with a three-foot wingspan from a block of flats in Torquay and it was just in the doorway for three years. Hmm. But that's okay. 
I know. Well, parrots as well. Don't get me started on that. I mean, we picked up Charlie 40, in his 40s, been in the cage. Bless him. He's now living with a chap in South Wales, sitting on his shoulder, walking around, having a whale of a time. Oh, I know. So lovely. It is. I feel like, though, because we're coming to the end of this podcast, this podcast <laughs> has been a little bit... bit it's been a bit chatty, isn't it? A bit deep. It's been a bit deep. Yeah, a bit tangenty. A bit, a bit, it's been deep and a little bit... Um, I think we need to come up with a funny story to kind of end <laughs> it. Because it's like been a bit deep and a bit doom and gloom. And, and I don't, we don't want it to be like that. No, just because things to, are changing. Things are changing fantastic. and it's great. And I think next week we're going to talk about timing, aren't we? That's going to be our... Yes. I don't like yeah. Next week we're going to be talking about timing. Yes. What you do if you're too slow... Or too fast. Yeah, and how good is your timing? And how Kate, good how is good is your timing? My timing's actually pretty damn good, I will say. That's not one with, thing. when you're training, but well, not, not anywhere else in my life. <laughs> I was going to say. Only when I'm training. <laughs> yeah. You're always late. I'm always late. Apart yeah. from with your click. Yeah, apart yeah. from with my click. But um, yeah, I am And always I'm always late. early. Yes, yeah, yeah. I don't know whether I'm early with my click, but that's what we're going to discuss Exactly. So it's yeah. all about training next week, and then we've got loads more to come up. So, yeah, let's have a look. People, if you want to have a look at the Good Day, Bad Day diary, I think that's a really good idea. And also, if you know TikTok, then contact me if you want to help me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kate wants help. I tell Sorry, you a teach funny me story TikTok. about TikTok. I don't know anything about it, but I do have a friend in Plymouth who, during lockdown, did loads of TikTok dancing. And she had loads and loads and loads of people, men, message in and say, could they send her them videos of her feet? Preferably dirty feet. What? <laughs> and like hairy, there we go. We've got funny hairy story. feet, dirty feet. Yeah. What? I know. Do you really want to go TikTok? I do. Well, yeah, but you know, I feel that it's one of the major platforms and for kids and stuff, it yeah. is massive and it's a massive part that I need to get on board with. But I watch it and I'm like, well, how do you know? How do you pick it up? Because you can get millions of views, which is fantastic, and likes, like, really easily. Don't chase the likes, though. Don't chase. Don't no, but like I, want, I want the visibility because I want, I want the kids to kind of go, oh. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? But it's it's kind of like, I don't know, there seems to be like this whole TikTok thing where there's like certain dances and songs and stuff that are particularly... Well, maybe you guys... Didn't you do a dance for Christmas we one did last do, year? We did do one. and then Maybe then that's... You should do but the But you know when it just dance? ends up being like old yeah, I know. people trying to be cool? Yeah. Like that... That's what I don't want it to be. <laughs> I don't want it to be, you know, I want it Granny to, dancing. It needs to be cool and and like I've realized that, you know, there's a there's a lot I work I with a lot of kids, you. but yeah, yeah, anyway. So watch this space for our TikTok. I'm gonna make you do one. I'm not doing point. one. I'm not doing one. <laughs> If you'd like to make contact with either Kate or myself, you can contact us via Facebook. We are Little Green Stables or Ecological Positive Partnerships. Or you can check me out, Becky, on my website, www.littlegreenstables.com. We'd really like to make our podcast interactive. So if you have any questions or anything you'd like us to discuss, then that would be great. So send us a message either via our website or via our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube channels. Thanks. Bye bye. Thank you.